the heroes pried the sticky pseudopods of the mix from their persons and continued their search for, well, I wonder if they know what anymore. Answers to unasked questions, I suppose. After patching themselves up, finding some useful items and discovering a water source below, they found a chamber clearly meant for the harsh judgment and execution of those who must have failed Belcora. Bounding frog-like creatures harried them, but the heroes forced them into the water below, where they are quickly devoured by something lurking within the watery abyss. Marching on, they found more treasure in a warm room lit with a fireplace, and a door crudely barred shut from their side. With another teleportation circle and a huge room full of old bones nearby, they opt to remain and pry the obstructed door open, for better or for worse. And that is when they came face to face with a man who has been crudely self-mummified. Hey there, listener. Duncan here with a quick favor to ask. Uh, we really like making the show here at Uncharted North. We may like making Stemming the Tide. Uh, I know James and Freeman love making Encounter This as well. Uh, we're enjoying working on the future shows to come, and it would really help us out if you could tell a friend about us. Um, word of mouth is a really great way to to build a podcast empire like we soon will have, and uh, fan support like yours is really what helps us get there. Uh, and it doesn't even have to be a friend, you know, tell a stranger, tell, tell somebody that looks like they are into, uh, tabletop RPGs and if they aren't teach them and then tell them to, to, to listen to the podcast. We always encourage people to come and say hi on our discord. That's unchartednorth.com forward slash discord. Uh, it's a good group in there. We have a lot of laughs, had a couple cries and, uh, yeah, just come say hi. And if you really like what we do, there is always the Patreon. You can head on over to patreon.com forward slash Uncharted North. That's it. That's all. Uh, We'll get ahead to the episode now. But uh, thanks for listening and keep that North Uncharted. Yeah.
Celebrate good times. Come on. Welcome back, listeners. Here we go for another episode of Stemming the Tide. This is Scott bringing you in another exciting zoo in the morning intro for you. (laughs) Now, I was thinking I am known for hating NPCs. I don't know what deep-seated issue that's oh, from, man. but uh, <laughs> probably should spend some time with a therapist discussing it. I actually but, have a theory on that, but continue. Okay. <laughs> I would love to hear it. Um, and, you know, we were just reminiscing earlier about the passing of Carmen Rajani, and um, I was making a note that we should definitely... <laughs> Talk about that think, when we get I, back to town. I don't think reminiscing was the quite the right word. <laughs> <laughs> Says you. What actually happened was we looked at James' notes, which he sends us every week before we record, and he was his his unbelievably brutal death was inexplicably absent from the notes completely. <laughs> I <laughs> like was he busy was doing other shit. <laughs> shit. <laughs> he would have wanted us to. Get, yeah, I mean, he know. got killed pretty quick. Oh, Matt, so quick. I mean, not only did I not expect somebody to join else the would party, take notes, the uh, problem wouldn't happen. Where are your notes, Freeman? They're all in my brain. <laughs> they're in my they're in my midterm memory. So we do need to spend some time on air and not this in character discussing the deaths of our NPCs because we lost Shad and kind of glossed over it a little bit. Now Carmen's gone. We got to make sure we don't gloss over that because he's kind of a big character in town, unlike Shad. Yeah, he kicked up a fuss. I mean, you haven't really returned to town since since Carmen joined the group. So, um... yeah, Carmen's an outlaw. Maybe we shouldn't talk to anybody about this. <laughs> Remember the sword that he stole that we never went back to pick up? Oh, yeah yeah. 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 He's also a longstanding member of a, of a family of, of the original founders of Otari. So he's got a reputation, even if even if or his family at least has a reputation, even if his is a bit soured. I mean, no better death than following in your your grandfather's footsteps, right? Yeah. So, yeah, they both died uh, doing what they loved. Torturously underground. (laughs) Spelunking. (laughs) Big spelunkers in that family. Huge spelunkers. Carmen, the spelunker Reggiani, Uh, as he was known. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it is. I mean, it's it is a pretty it's a pretty obvious thing, I think, that you mourn the deaths of a PC more than an NPC. Um, That's probably fairly universal. But, you know, part of the hook of this adventure is the importance of the town. So um, whether you loved or hated Rajani, it it should have some impact Uh, or at least the characters should be thinking about what sort of impact that might have on other people in town or your own characters or what have you. Carbon there, Mara Parmigiano, we hardly knew ye. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And it's also, it's also important to make sure you get the name wrong every time. (laughs) And in new inventive ways. I was pretty close to every time. So, you know, honestly, one of my favorite parts about all this is that, well, we, we do all our reviews of the episodes and we do notes and there's this and that, and we talk about it behind the scenes and the, the, the sporadic uh, array of spellings of the names I've just said to you and not always spelled for you is really funny. (laughs) It's all over the place. (laughs) Oh, the names of demons in my notes are 
just <laughs> like the even in the most recent uh uh review that we did scott you spelt belcora's name wrong still <laughs> so. oh he does it in a tongue no one understands but his own <laughs> yeah yeah dude. you spelt it sensibly but it just was wrong <laughs> it's two r's well, not two l's sorry when i was pre-reading the adventure path i just totally forgot that <laughs> <laughs> yeah. this is not it's, a call out uh, scott i think it's funny uh scott's family notations you're calling out on air here <laughs> handed down to yeah, him from come on, generations <laughs> Old McDonald was dyslexic. E-O-I-O-E. I was thinking of like the hobo scratchings you see in rail posts and stuff. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Just so a capital good. B for Belcora. Like speed, like what is it? Speed writing? Speed speed notations or something? It's like actually short like Bluetooth symbol. Yeah. Well, speaking um, of not giving a fuck about NPCs, <laughs> we're about to meet one. Speaking of writing shit down, this guy's covered in parchment. <laughs> speaking of names that are probably confusing i'm sure this guy's gonna have one. Oh man speaking of mummies you. alive <laughs> mummies alive because, because i was he, actually he does like, kind of look like scarab <laughs> I was hey i was just today, uh, like, in so many other names Studios, coming up and i read rode the mummy ride multiple times there's a mummy ride does he just like Hell shamble yeah, after you slowly no it's actually really <laughs> sick but it's very short is is it the new one with Tom Cruise and Sophia Botanella? Nobody goes or remembers the, about it. The good one with uh, Brendan Fraser, Rachel Weiss, and Arnold Vosloo. It's that OG shit. Well, the OG shit and is John Hannah. And John Hannah. Not that old. Brendan Fraser. Okay. Yeah. Love that shit. Uh, yeah. I Sorry. I didn't mean to gloss over John Hannah. Love that dude. Gloss over John I mean, Hannah. <laughs> How dare you? It's funny. So. <laughs> he really is. So speaking of NBCs, you're not wrong. Actually, uh, you said like, you know, not caring about them. Uh, James kind of does care about this one already because uh, one of the only notes I took from the last session, I did take one. And it's that Gilda has bet a hero point that this is an ally. <laughs> so, Yep. Didn't forget that. But, yeah. <laughs> uh, starting, to regr- starting to dread that bet a little bit. Okay, let's just set the stage again real quick. Uh, for the listeners behind the scenes, we actually haven't recorded in something like a month or even more. So uh, holidays and all that. Um, Christmas. But, uh, What's a right? podcast? So we're feeling a little bit, little bit not crisp on the, uh, on the details. Uh, but you basically uh, all ha- are in this sort of um, uh, lit uh, fireplace uh, room, and it's just small and cramped. Um, you almost wandered into a much larger room that was covered in bones and broken furniture but you uh you pulled back you uh in this room is also a the one of the teleportation uh circles this door was had a divan in front of it and was like basically nailed shut or wedged shut with pitons and it took you a good amount of time like 10 minutes or or more uh to kind of reef them all out and you are now gilda in particular is standing in the doorway facing this parchment-covered creature uh, hunched over and leaning on a walking stick in a room that has a sort of um, sigil, a uh, magical sigil written on the ground um, and filled with scrolls and books and parchment. And the creature simply says, It's been some time. Wait, hold on. Sorry to derail you. Did I end up firing up this uh, teleportation circle or did I fail? Because <laughs> that I don't remember. 
I feel like I failed, but I don't. I it's been also, so long. I also don't remember. <laughs> Is it in your notes, oh, James? <laughs> I feel like he failed as well, but uh, I don't know. Um, Scott, fire up your audio from last episode. <laughs> it says it says he was still working on it. Um, yeah, because I, what I oh, because it takes it takes a good it takes a good hour to takes an hour, ritual, right? Yeah, and I think you were, we, we were still I think you were still pandemic. working on it while they were undoing the door, which was like ten minutes or so. So you were like, yeah, still working on it. Okay, um, so Sounds let's good. say that, and then maybe, maybe yeah, because I don't see a role in uh, Foundry. I see me bring yeah. up the Awakened Portal for everyone to look at, and then I don't see yeah. any role. So same, yeah. All right, you guys so, are on your own, and the face is. In another room, casting a spell. That's cool. I just found a Mummies Alive toy on eBay. That's a little jet called the Skycophagus, and I've never been so happy. Oh, Did you buy it now? Oh, man. Uh, no, I haven't. I don't. I don't need a Mummies Alive toy. But sometimes I just like nobody has ever toys. needed a Mummies Alive toy. <laughs> no, that's not true. I needed Jakal as a kid, um, and I'm thinking about going back and buying the whole set now. That's actually really <laughs> funny. Skycophagus? That looks so cool. Right? <laughs> Sarcophagi known so for their dumb. aerodynamic and it's, traits. And it's got to be right? culturally offensive. It's got to be. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. 100%. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> Mummies appropriated Holy more shit. like. Yeah, the 90s were a different time. <laughs> That's how yeah. time works. Uh, this might have been the aughts. <laughs> Shut up, Duncan. <laughs> um, okay, let's play. Let's play before I forget what the hell this character is supposed to do. Uh, what do you say? What do you What do you do or and or say, Lady Gilda, confronted with this uh, strange creature? Um, I think that is a very leading statement. So she's probably just standing there quietly with her shield, kind of in a not raised, but like ready to be raised. Sure. Yeah. Um, it's been some time isn't really a conversation starter so much as a, a statement of fact. So, <laughs> okay. I, yeah. uh, I think she's a little confused by this site. But sure. Her mind yeah. is racing no, that's back. That's totally to, fair. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. So Car- it, Carlock and the, the, the writing devil that he told us right, about. Right. Yeah. The Festophilus. The contract yeah, devil. I think he gave us a name. Uh, yeah. Eurevian. Eurevian. Thank you. Yeah. So. Seeing your your you know close to defensive posture, um, not not combat defensive, but definitely socially defensive. Um, basically, the this guy he 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 pulls the staff to the side a little bit and raises the opposite hand up into the air um, uh, in a gesture of you know I mean you no harm and effectively says the same that exactly like oh I I understand your your need uh, to be cautious. <laughs> Um, but uh, I, I am not, not here to, uh, to attack you. In fact, you've done me quite a favor here. <laughs> um, allow me to introduce myself. I am Shafchem. I'm sorry. Uh, that's that's a beautiful name, and I'm I'm sure it's 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 uh, it it has quite a lovely uh, a meaning behind it. Uh, I am Lady Gilda of August, and my compatriots are Kruger and, and Sage Tulak. 
Uh, I do, at the risk of being offensive immediately, is there a common translation for that name? Ah, yes, uh, uh, I, I don't believe there's a common one. Uh, may I ask where you are from, Lady Gilda? Uh, I'm from August in, in Andoran. Ah, uh, yes. Well, that would be a, a fairly far cry from my home of Osirian. Yes. This is why my name must seem quite foreign to you, as it were. <laughs> and at the risk of continuing to be offensive... How did you find yourself locked in a room in the secret dungeon of Belcora Horovex? Oh, that is a story indeed. I was once the administrator of various levels for the Mistress Belcora. Um, I found myself at odds with some of her other um, employed creatures, as it were. And um, I... Once uh, the news of Belcora had uh, spread quickly through the vaults, well, I came in here to gather my things and was swiftly locked in by one of my rivals, no doubt. And can you account for your ability to continue to be alive after 500 years? Oh, yes, of course. Hey, <laughs> there's a bit of irony in here. Um, see, I've warded this room to uh, stop all uh, attempts of teleportation. Um, I did not want anyone to enter without my knowing. But it turns out that works both ways, and I never expected to be locked in the way I was. Being the shrewd and knowledgeable man, well, at least once was... I uh, had the resources in here to go through a uh, mummification ritual uh, with the hope of avoiding starvation and, of course, maintaining my survival. What is the two equivalent of sense motive? Again, it, uh, it is sense motive, but it's perception. Yeah, and it's okay. a secret check, technically. Um, you want to you wanna throw, throw those rocks for me there, bud? Sure, yeah. Um... I yeah, believe him as a player. But, yeah, uh, yeah. You have uh, you have no reason not to believe him at all at the moment. Um, he seems pretty jovial and like you know just friendly at least. Definitely seems, you know, despite not having rushed the door, um, seems quite uh, quite perked up by the fact that uh, it's no longer locked in here after hundreds of years. Well. Uh, I suppose it's only polite to uh, in- invite you out of the room. You've been locked in for five centuries. Sorry, I'm normally better at this conversation thing, but you've, you've got me at a bit of an ad here. You're telling me I've not had a conversation in a very long time. Uh, uh, and he'll he... take a five foot step back and, and give him room to, or sorry, give them room to leave this, uh, this face. Yeah. Stepping out. Uh, and it is in fact that he, although I guess he probably kind of can't tell by the, by the, by the, um, <laughs> the, the get up. Uh, he steps out and gingerly, but sort of just has this like cautiousness to it. No, it's 
strange. Wanting to leave, but after so long, kind of hoping that nothing awaits you. And he just stands at the entrance, steps through the threshold, but does not attempt to go any further. Kind of almost looking over his shoulder to the to the room. You know, it's it's the comfort that he's known for a long, long time. Uh, Crocker, this is uh, 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 Shuff, Shuff, Shuffham. This is uh, my good friend, Crocker, and I'd be happy to introduce you to Sage Tulak, but uh, he is currently actively working to restore the teleportation portal over there. We've cleared the, the floors above and are working our way further down. Uh, and with curiosity, he steps around and takes a look into the um, teleportation room, watching Tulak work. Ah, yes. Yes, I... In fact, I have notes on this very thing that your friend is doing. Ah. It's been some time. These these must have fallen into disrepair. Lost their energy. They were how we teleported and, and traversed the vaults so long ago. Uh, and then sort of hurriedly walks uh, back into his room and pulls out a uh, a piece of parchment with the uh, the same ritual written on it and brings it over and watching Tulak work begins to like sort of peruse the, uh, the ritual and the details like watching subtitles in a really weird way <laughs> hmm. <laughs> never thought about it like that <laughs> uh, is there anything else of note in the room that he was in uh yeah it's like basically just covered in a bunch of parchment and scrolls and books and it's all piled together and, and there's lots of um yeah just old dusty delicate brittle paper yeah, so um, much like him much like him yeah him covered in the same thing and being a very very dusty and brittle creature himself fair and as uh he watches Tulak, assuming Tulak just continues on um, you know, kind of multitasking and watching this and watching his ritual notes. Uh, he says to anyone in the uh, around, I guess. Um, well, why are you here? The lighthouse activated, and it took out some of the close-lying town, Otari, and we think. That Belcora has Tell. returned. Ooh. Or that's our working theory anyway. And no one else theory she's been dead for. In what way? <laughs> the menacing kind, I think. It's probably the best way to describe it. <laughs> and you are as learned as I am, young champion. Oh, many that way she be looks at Kraga, like I don't think Gilda can be more specific she doesn't know how Belcor has come back um, if she's come back she's just assuming at this point based on what she's seen uh, you know you're, you're probably best off 
waiting for Tulak to answer a lot of these questions. He's been doing this a lot longer than either of us have. Shachem just like steps into the room, avoiding getting in Tulak's way, but starts to like just help, essentially. Oh, interesting. Um, and um, and let's just tell let's just teleport. <laughs> let's let's fast forward time a bit to the end of you setting this this ritual. Um, Shafchem is going to aid. He's going to do one of the rolls required for this um, activation. Uh, Scott, can you remind me how this works? <laughs> oh God. <laughs> uh, yeah. So uh, I believe that you should already know what the DC is because it is set by yep. the level within the vaults. Yep. We're on level five. Yep. So the I DC is twice quickly. the spell's ritual level. All right. And then. Is that what it says? And then I'm just going to be rolling. Well, it's ritual rules. Or is that just a secondary rules? check because he's a secondary caster. Okay. Yeah. Okay, no, there's, cool. there's separate Success rules for this does one. does nothing apparently. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, sorry, secondary check is, is it optional or? Yeah, so anytime more than one caster is doing a ritual, In this case, secondary check is, is the only other thing somebody else can do. Uh, they're always optional. Right. And so, but sometimes uh, they're optional. Sometimes they're required. Um, no, some of the times about sometimes this particular required. ritual. Yeah. Uh, um, okay. Uh, in this particular one, um, it's required to match the same check if you're going to do a secondary, which is not a problem, as I assume you are doing occultism to lock. Yes, sir. And uh, Shakum gets a critical success Ooh. on his aid. Oh, boy. <laughs> uh, so giving you, a, yeah. I guess it's a, a plus two. God, it's been a while yeah. since I looked and at And I rolled Jesus. a 26, so that'd be a 28. Ooh. Nice. Okay. Um, is anyone else joining in on the secondary checks? Nope. Perhaps. <laughs> For occultism? <laughs> uh... Yeah. You have to, you have, oh no, that the uh, primary's got to be trained. Okay. No, um, no you don't I have mean, to. Yeah. yeah, I think that that was probably just Duloc and Chuff. Shafrem. Yeah. You guys were giving me shit Shafrem. about uh, Parmesan Reggiano <laughs> earlier. I thought that was very clever. Parmesan uh, Reggiano. <laughs> yeah, I mean, success, ultimately. Definitely success. Uh, you managed to activate uh, this teleportation circle, and um, and uh, your, your uh, newly found NPC, at the very least... <laughs> Uh, kind of gives you a nod of like you know approval and, and uh, like hey we did it and steps back right. out of the room. So like, good work, buddy. As Tulak is finishing up and all the purple magic glow around him kind of starts to fade, and his one pupil kind of forms back in his eye, and he sees him standing in Chafkem. Oh God, this is gonna Chafkem. <laughs> yeah, you keep saying it, but that doesn't help me. <laughs> Um, so Tulak turns to him and says, hello, uh, you must've been the other force that I could feel within the room. Thank you for your help. Who are you, my friend? And are you my friend? 
Uh, my name is Shafkham, and the answer to your second question, well, my experience is always a complicated one. <laughs> However, uh, I must say I applaud your focus in setting up the ritual. Yes, I was the other force. A great job you've done here. A difficult thing to do the furthest you are away from the hub. Perhaps you have the power to continue on and awaken the others. But that has nothing to do with me in the end. I very much hope so, because I have read of such rituals and what can happen if you fail. Ah, yes, sir. In the simplest of terms, it's like playing with the fabric between the planes. Such fabrics can tear. Now, how have you come to be here for so long? Where have you been staying, and how have you stayed alive, or whatever that means to you? And he regales the same basic information that he's already said to uh, to Gilda, and uh, I assume Kruka listening in. Um, uh, but goes on a little bit further, saying, As the administrator, I was in charge of much organizing. However, it's at a certain point as the plans changed for our mistress, she gave priority to certain parts of the levels. I was not always happy with this. I am still not happy with this, but it is bygone at this point. I was locked in that room by none other than Jafaki. Could not possibly be anyone other than that loathsome creature. It was the one that took over the level below. The one I oversaw the most. The one with the gladiators. But for some reason, the dark rituals of flesh warping were high in the mind of the mistress. And Jafaki is an alchemist, a flesh warper of the most vile kind. Do you think this Jafaki has survived as well? I would assume so. They are resourceful, determined, and they are Sugathi which tend to be single-minded in strange ways. A creature born over the Neotholids, but have strange obsessions. They cannot break their minds away from. I was always a threat. Now tell me why we should trust you. For you did work for Belcora, and from what I glean from your story, you would have gone on so. It was her fall and your enemies that brought you down, not the mm. guilt of working for an evil creature like Belcora herself. <laughs> Very perceptive. There's no reason you should trust me at all, though I will say I am no longer tied to the goals of Belcora. 
I may not be some good and virtuous creature. Kind of side-eyeing Gilda, actually, with that comment. I appreciated what Belcora was trying to do. I was happy to engage in it. I won't lie about that. But it is far gone from what it was. My ties and my loyalties, after hundreds of years locked away, well, they are shattered. I only wish now to return to my homeland of Assyrian. I have not managed to live, but survive through unlife. This changes perspective. Now let me ask you something. You might have set me free, and I would wager it was out of curiosity, not goodness of heart. Why should I trust any of you? We may not have known we were setting you free, but if you are to become our ally, then we will be trustworthy to you. (laughs) Perhaps we can strike a deal. If you give us further insights into this area and any other areas of the Abomination Vaults in which you know, then perhaps we could get you home to Osirian. If not, we may have some trouble. And if you wish for a character <laughs> reference a few floors up I in the appreciate. library, there's uh, a, a ghoul that we saved by the name of Ogrel. He seems to be quite happy up there. Indeed, a wise man once said, a man made of paper must not run with scissors, but fares quite well against a rock. We strike a balance here in this dungeon together. <laughs> oh my god. Oh. Nice. Catering to the rock, paper, scissor fans in the group. Love mm. it. I thought it was actually quite apt. <laughs> I appreciate your attempt at a wager, but it is of little interest to me. Why you are here, I find quite curious. You say Belcora may have risen, that the gaunt light was activated, but that does not explain why you're here. I do not need your aid in returning to Assyrian. I am quite capable of that in my own. I've explained a great amount, and you very little. I think the playing field for wagers and bartering is offset. I live in Otari, and I am here to avenge the people that have been killed, and to stop another attack from arriving. The innocents have no part in this, no part in Belcora's petty squabbles over family wealth and ancient issues within Absalom. No, we are here to take vengeance, to set right what has been done wrong to the town, and to make sure it never happens again. We are diving deep within these vaults to destroy and to disarm any evil creature we find. Whether they appear to be ally or not, we have to search out who is our true ally and who we deem their life is forfeit. So you mean to say you're here to be 
heroes. <laughs> I never put that word out. We are here. No, but your goals are of some sort of noble nature. Self-sacrificing for the innocent, as you put it. We merely stand for those who cannot stand for themselves. Whatever title you want to put on that, that is your own. We are simply here because we are the ones who could answer the call. And for evil. And we have lost many friends along the way. And I assume we will lose more. And if I do have to give my life for this, it's not because I'm trying to be heroic. It's to try to make sure that we've done what we can for the people that can't do it themselves. And as far as the destruction of evil goes, is that something you fight based on the goals and aims of those you counter? Or the simplicity of their origin and what they are willing to do? Some might call me evil simply for my method of survival, for having sided with Belcora, possibly an unforgivable gesture in my lifetime. The fact that I now stand in front of you and admit I would do it again, though I am not interested in the current situation. Am I to be a target of yours? Like, looking at all of you, taking you all in with those words. Every being is capable of change, and no one should have that option taken away from them. Not prematurely, anyway. Yet your hunt for evil would mark that you decide whether or not change is due, whether or not it is necessary, and in what direction it would flow. The only beings I willingly put down with my own two hands are those of the undead. And head snap. Undead and unlife. The same one. Nuanced. I think you're, you might be oversimplifying the situation. Those are the only beings that I target with lethal force. That doesn't mean I always enact lethal force, as our friend the ghoul Ograil would be able to confirm. <laughs> you yourself seem, at a glance, and from what you've told us, to be repentant of your former ways, even if you would do them again. That's enough for me. And... No hero, just not capable of allowing harm to come to the innocent through action or inaction. There's no reason for it. There's no value in it. All my time reading, thinking, philosophizing. Innocence. It's a strange word to define. I'll tell you what, champion. Barbarian. Sorcerer. If we are to have a trade, it'll be for the death of my rival, or at least the report of one. Jaffaki. I have information on this place that could prove invaluable to you, even if you do not see your own lives as valuable in your pursuit below. 
I will be gathering my things and returning to my home in three days' time. We can trade if you can bring something back. But otherwise, I give you my thanks for my freedom. And that is all. I deem this to be a fair trade. We are going that direction anyways. This trade may be fair, but the information is lacking. We don't know what he's offering to barter, and we don't know what he wants us to retrieve. Uh, he wants he wants Jaffiki's death or the report of it. That's what he said. Right, but how... But yeah, you I, don't know what that entails, yeah. Okay. <laughs> a Sugathi flesh warper is all you have. Alchemist and flesh warper. And I don't remember if you guys have heard of Sugathi yet. No. Can I uh, do a knowledge check on that? Hell yeah. Recall. Occultism. 29. Oh, yeah. A Sugathi is, as Shafkam has said, a spawn of a Neothelid, which you might vaguely know with this check is a rather dangerous and extremely large type of worm creature. Like, really, 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 really big and dangerous. And the Sugathi are spawned from them to serve as servants. So they basically go out of their way to, like, somehow magically spawn them to serve them. Uh, And they are, like, worm-ish, but also, like, centipede-ish. They have all these, like, little tiny legs. Um, and uh, they're not at all humanoid, but um, are usually quite intelligent, have a knack for magic, um, and they're like really just wicked alien sort of servitors. Uh, yeah, they spawn with a strong psychic drive to complete a task on behalf of the Neothelids' uh, far-reaching plans, usually. And uh, if left to their own devices, they basically have this obsessive nature to do things. Sometimes it's a really redundant things like collect something or or just like go destroy something and they got to do it until it's done. And then they move on to a new one and they just keeps repeating itself um, if, if they manage to complete it in some way. So they have like this OCD kind of part to their nature and they have a tendency to collect odd things as well and carry them with their person, but have a, a particular penchant for wands for whatever reason uh what are these things Java called again sugathi um <laughs> uh which i'm going to i'll, I'll type in for you because it's it's a it's a weird really fucked up spelling um so they are yeah uh they have these long tails as well um and so they are perfectly capable of wielding weapons um, they can't really wear armor, but they can wield weapons. They can use magic items, like despite the fact that they're like these like trifurcated mouth, um, like worm centipedes. They're really gnarly. Do I know what language they speak generally? Uh, um, yeah, because they are <laughs> because they're spawn of Neothelids, which is a very very directly related to the um. Darklands, um, you would assume under common and or Aklo. Son of a bitch. Do they have mouths for one? Okay, so Tulak knows all this and he returns 
to the conversation and says, Yes, I have heard of these Sugathi before. Disgusting, vile creatures. And he regales his companions with a couple of the key facts. I believe that we won't be able to continue without destroying this enemy. Therefore, I will accept your terms. And Lady Gilda, do not have reservations. Any information now we can get is better than having none. Even if we might not agree with the past actions of this creature. A Sugathi in the hand is worth two in the depths of a devilish dungeon. Who is Krucka? <laughs> he's like, he's like, uh, <laughs> is there Yago? He's like, a, he's like some sort of information sponge, but doesn't know what to do with any of that information. Yeah, absolutely no filter. Just... <laughs> and so, uh, with that, Shafchem is going to just wander back into his room. Um, and rude i'm not sort done sorting through <laughs> his stuff <laughs> and you can follow him keep talking to him he's not gonna oh. stop you but he, he's gonna like you know kind of nod with the okay you're gonna you're gonna try and do that for me cool and i'm just and he's just gonna go get himself organized because he just told you i'm gonna i'm gonna pack up and leave in three days time so two kind of hurries behind him and says you say that this creature is below where the gladiators are is this not the level of the arena Mm. <laughs> That's uh, very astute of you. Uh, this level was designated as the arena, but uh, so was the level be- below. This is where I was ousted, where our rivalry started. The level below was redone into the flesh warping laboratories. It became a half theme, as it were. They are sort of open concept, one and the same, but slowly the other was changed. So it's open concept, arena, and flesh warping laboratory. I like that he gets property brothers in his little room. (laughs) What he's trying to say is that the two levels were basically serving the same function until he was ousted for Jaffakey getting priority in the level below, which was slowly turned into a flesh-ripping laboratory. Um, so the fact that so far this has not seemed like a very arena-like level, uh, despite it being called the arena, um, that's like sort of the justification for it. Which, so you can expect, to a degree, arena-like stuff in the level below as well. But he does specify as well that um, the the uh, level below was never fully transformed before Belcora's death. The state of which it is in now, I could not say, of course. And if Jaffaki is still down there, I'm sure that it has done its work on the place. That is, of course, assuming the devils didn't take it over. 
What are the devils doing down there? Oh, the devils were further down below. These three levels were very accessible to each other. They were in charge of the invading army of Absalom. Who knows what sort of shenanigans have occurred in the last few centuries. You would be foolish to assume that mine and Jaffakee's rivalry was the only one. We might have served the mistress. We might have all vied for her favor in our own ways. But ultimately, we are no different than anything else you would find from Absalom to your tiny little town. Otari, was it called? And why did you want the destruction of Absalom? I didn't. I just wanted to do what I was best at. And that is urban planning and organization? It was. Now we will see what it will be. (laughs) It's never too late to retrain. (laughs) (laughs) Freeman almost did a spit take there. Very, very odd uh, positive force. Um, I would like to make an impression on this guy. Okay. Try and buy us another day or? So far, you can assume he is at least, uh, most neutral and at at least unfriendly. (laughs) Okay. Uh, can I aid as well? Sure. What's, uh, what's, what's the, what are you going to say? Uh, Let's go through those motions. Let's do this. Uh, uh, what are you going to say um, and what kind of impression are you trying to make? Um, well, essentially, just the way that the actual make an impression works is that at the end of the conversation, you attempt a diplomacy check against the will DC of one target uh, okay. modified by any circumstances the GM sees fit. So okay. basically, having had this conversation, because I'm going to yeah. request, I like, I'm going to, if I can improve the way that he thinks his impression of us, then I'm going to attempt to ask him any other details about this floor or any advantage we can gain on this floor and below. Yeah, okay. So if you're happy with the conversation so far as the marker for that check, we can we can just roll for it. And I'm happy with that. I've got some I've got something in mind already. And DC and all that stuff. So. Okay. Let's just fucking go for it then. Let's go. <laughs> I um so from outside the room, I am going to cast guidance on myself. Okay. And here we go. I just got a natural twenty to aid with a thirty-four. <laughs> Woo! And then I rolled a twenty-six plus my guidance plus that. That's twenty-nine. I set the DC at level appropriate. And and then at very hard, which would have been, uh, wait, so sorry, <laughs> what did you roll? Twenty nine. Yeah, I set it at twenty eight. <laughs> hey. Woo! 
Nice. Yeah, baby. <laughs> so I had to, I had to do difficult math in my head there. Uh, and by oh, difficult, no, I mean extremely simple. Um, five might be the highest I've ever rolled on a check. <laughs> Hell yeah. Yeah, so Shafkem will say one last thing. Uh, I mean, unless you keep engaging him. Um, but on this note, I find you, if I may say, and I, well, I'm not so worried about offense, but don't intend it per se. I find you all naive, foolish. Yet I find you oddly brave and resourceful. And I do not find those things to be mutually inclusive. You are not brave because of naivety or stupidity. At least not in the small measure I've managed in this short conversation. I look forward to your return. And the head of my enemy. You may perhaps... We'll achieve it and acquire it after all. And I'm going to make him friendly. And I think that means James gets a hero point. <laughs> hey. Oh. Because right now it's been in limbo. <laughs> and I think also, Scott, you get one as well. You let's go. <laughs> nice. Uh, I also didn't uh, say friendly. I said ally, but I'm not. I'm not going to try and argue my way. Sure. Well, that's where I was gauging the. Me. I was gauging the. Uh, yeah. The um. What you call it? You know. I forget the. What's the phrase for it? Uh, you know, the relationship. That's uh, like hostile, unfriendly, neutral, friendly, helpful. Oh right, right. Um, they're just. Yeah, I was gauging that to, to determine whether or not it fell under the definition of ally. <laughs> gotcha. So. Yeah, maybe not an ally, but at least not an enemy. An acquaintance. Uh, and, and, and a little bit more. A little bit more than not an enemy. And also, just, just because I almost did a spit take. Duncan, you can take another hero point. Yeah. Well. <laughs> you all get a hero point. <laughs> oh, good. Freeman's in a good mood, baby. Oh, I God, that was, yeah. that was good. That was fun. Good I don't know. I, 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 sometimes I love the role play. I was pulling shit out of my ass on that one. And it, uh, I was like, oh, yeah, that was good. I like that. There was a moment there where I was half expecting to see what kind of damage fire would do to those bandages in that tiny little <laughs> Yeah. I mean, that could have gone a couple of ways. If Raphael was here, it might have been a straight combat. <laughs> he would have punched That's his true. ass back to hell. <laughs> that dog is always grabbing the toilet paper and running away with it. <laughs> so Tulok just says kind of a last word in the situation says, can you let us know? I know many things have changed over the centuries that you've been locked within this room. Is there anything on this level or below that will give us a boon to help? in this cause against your enemy. I cannot say I do not know the disrepair and disarray that this whole place has become locked in my room as I was. Is there a ancient artifact, lost treasure, specifically in some sort of room that you could find? No. 
none that I can report. I will say, at least in the effort of avoiding your death to the ends of the destruction of my foe, there is a room, a very dangerous room, filled with blades. If you say a passphrase, they will deactivate. It do you is... know this phrase? Yes, of course I do. It is... Gobbledygook. <laughs> Oof, you want to retake that one? <laughs> no, I do not. <laughs> For the adventure does not include a passphrase, and that was the first thing that came to mind. <laughs> Very interesting. What language is this gobbledygook? Don't you dare try to guess or it will break your mind. <laughs> it's just Assyrian for stop. <laughs> Big Sigur Rose fan, this guy. Uh, the actual passphrase is Happy Pola. <laughs> I figured, favorite Sigur Rose song. Mine's gobbledygook. So. <laughs> I just learned that Fair people enough. have favorite Sigur Rose songs. <laughs> they all sound exactly alike to me alright don't even know who that is they're really good I, I quite like them but I could not tell you when one song ends and a new one begins <laughs> because you're so they wrapped up in very... the moment yeah I get it yeah exactly yeah. yeah so it's so emotionally compromising listening to them <laughs> but enough about Icelandic indie rock bands let's uh, dive this with dungeon, fake guys. with fake languages uh, <laughs> yeah Hopelandic uh, yeah. is that right is that what it's called <laughs> Hope, Hope the passphrase yeah. is <laughs> Bjork <was> stupid <laughs> <laughs> yes <laughs> uh, cool. okay Scott's so, lost. What do you want to do? <laughs> yeah. I don't care anymore. Okay. Um, <laughs> how is everyone doing for needing a rest? I'm good. I'm good. I think you're the only one down a, a little bit there, Tulak. Yeah, I'm down about five hit points, and I'm down, you know, getting lower on spells, but not the end of the world. I think I could push through here. Okay. I mean, I can easily just lay on hands. That would be wonderful. Yeah. Sold, then, done, full health, call it a day. Yeah. Bada bing. I wonder what's in all those rooms that are, you know, beside the blade chambers. We may also want to go back and get Carmen's pieces. Mm. Yes. Not to mention his gear. Yeah. He's got That'd the uh nice. he's got the cooperative blade. Yeah. Yeah, we're gonna need that. And then we also need to if I recall could we hear in the room to the south here with all the bones and the broken tables and stuff? Could we hear someone or there was, I feel like. No, it was totally empty. Uh, so a refresher is that it was overturned tables and benches all made of petrified wood that lied scattered around the edges of this expansive chamber. Pale bones are interspersed with these furnishings. Several preserved monster heads and silver plaques adorn the walls and a glowing circle of runes is etched in the floor and the alcove to the east. Oh. Um, you guys stepped into the room, but did not venture into it, and then decided to go back and check out the pitoned door before you yeah. bothered. That is correct. We didn't go in because we we got uh, shades of, of uh, minotaur skeleton. Mm. Right. One That's more right, question. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Um, with the ritual to awaken portal, I know that you need to do it twice to awaken, you know, each side of where it goes. But right. In, so in how, here's how I'm like, here's how I'm ruling it. Okay. Is because it, it was a bit vague in a weird way, and I've kind of gone into my head of like, how, why does the DC de- increase? As you get lower, it doesn't make any sense if it's the same ritual that created the the um, the thing itself. So I what I, what I, my head canon is that the one um, that's on level two, which is the first large one, mm-hmm. is uh, uh, the hub, um, which I hinted at with Shefchem here, and the um, uh, so everyone has to link to that. So you did that one, and you've done every subsequent one so far, you, as I believe, right? You've managed to get them all pretty sure um maybe number four i forget <laughs> you haven't done uh, but um uh let's assume you have that way uh you don't have to go you don't have to go to like level five and level three level five and level four level five and level two to get them all done like level two is activated and as long as one other one is activated um you've done both sides as it were and they're all linked together so, so we can go between any time. of them now any of the ones you've done yes which okay, I, perfect. I'm pretty sure they're all. Uh, let's assume they are, because it would be really boring to go back and check that. <laughs> yeah, well, that's an off-air type of thing. Yeah. Okay, so Tulok is raring to go and would like to avoid notice and enter the room to the south. Freka okay. is medium raring to go and would like to skate. <laughs> And Lady Gilda is well done. Maybe blue raring to go and feeling kind of down on out and cold. <laughs> I got nothing for you. Uh, sh- shield up. <laughs> uh, kind of watching her back. Okay. So this okay. room, in addition to the to the description, is you know on the on the western side there's a single door. Uh, the north side of that wall, the middle side of that wall, the southern side of that wall. Also, the southern side of the room has a door. Also, the hallway to the uh, uh, the south like leads way down to a staircase. Like, there's a whole bunch of shit. Plus, this etched rune, like the sort of landing, um, and just shit everywhere. Bones and so, petrified furniture. Looking across the room, Tulak notices that the etched runes down there. Now, mm-hmm. for us on Foundry Map, it looks just the same as a teleportation circle. Really Can I dissimilar. roll something to see if it is a teleportation circle? Um, Wouldn't you just know with Detect Magic? No, right now Detect Magic would just tell him if it's if there's magic in the area. Um, and what type? Heightened yet? Okay, what, yeah, yeah, it's heightened to the point where you can know what type of magic or what school of magic. Um, but uh, does not automatically tell you what it is. Right, but I mean, if it's magical and it's, I don't know, evocation or wh- whatever, conjuration, right. I don't know what teleportation is. Um, we'd have a pretty uh, good idea. Yeah. yeah, I'd say, I mean, from a distance, you would assume, uh, yeah, it's conjuration is, uh, yeah, at least a weakened portal is. That makes all the sense in the world. That's why I'm playing a conjurer, so we can just nightcrawler around the battlefield. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, from a distance, it looks similar, but I mean, I don't think you can tell from where you're at because you're, okay. you're keeping your, your back to the wall here. Tulak is skirting around the north side of the room, heading to the west. And also, uh, by the way, that is too far away to use Detect Magic anyways. Which is uh, right, 30 feet. Right. Yep. 
Uh, so heading to the door in the northwestern corner, uh, yeah. he will detect magic there. Okay. Uh, does not detect anything. And he will step to the north to allow Lady Gilda access the door. I feel no magic beyond. Classic breach tactics. Uh, I actually want to check for traps if I can. I don't uh, know what it is sure about this can. room, but yeah. something's giving me a bad vibe. <laughs> Probably uh, the skulls mounted everywhere. <laughs> you, uh, you do not detect anything. Yeah, she's wicked bad at traps and, and detecting traps. Okay. Uh, taking the defend action. She will try the door. She cracks the door and it leads to a hallway. There's a door straight ahead, a door to the north, and the hallway loops to the south as well. The amount of space they've lost in this dungeon just through these hallways is just astronomical. Like, just shape the room <laughs> differently. Uh, she mutters to herself as she's heads down the hallway to peek around the corner. <laughs> you, yeah, you peek around the corner and it, it, uh, it loops to the west and to another single door. All right, so Tulak will open the door to the north. Door to the north. And you know. find a room that you've seen before through the transparent walls when you were in the original hallway that led to the trap uh, with a single bed, empty footlocker, metal chamber pot. Um, looks as though it was just stripped long ago in disrepair and uh, just broken down. That's it. Uh, Tulak will search. Does a little search and does not find anything. Okay. He steps out and to the next room. Yeah. Okay. Opens the next room, and this room is the whole floor. There's no furniture. The whole floor is filled with a black sludge. <laughs> like he's testing the waters. Um, Tulak dips a toe just in just like in case right... it's a nice hot oil bath. <laughs> <laughs> it, it appears to just be simply just like, like it's just a film that covers the floor completely. Can I do uh, a does nature not, like, check on it, like, that? You know, barely it comes up by like, you know, maybe a centimeter. Uh, nature check, yeah. Uh, Krakow will aid. Well, In my head, aid. I'm scared uh, of the black pudding. Aiding? <laughs> Tulak, you rolled book binding lore. <laughs> yes. Not approved. <laughs> that is true, but allow me to defend myself. <laughs> I will join pass. And oh. I have to use a lore to do it. Oh, I 100%. Thought you were gonna go. Well, maybe it's black ink. <laughs> <laughs> you know the glue um, that they use to bind books sometimes gets on the floor, and Krucka uh, <laughs> does not aid with a three on the die. Uh, no, none of you have any idea and do not manage to aid in any capacity. <laughs> I just none. I'm afraid sludge. it's a black pudding or a crude oil. Either of those things are very bad for us. <laughs> Like in game or in general? Yes. Oh, uh, sorry. Black pudding is a game creature. Oh, okay. Because it's 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 a it's a type of ooze. I don't know if it exists in two e, but in one e, it's pretty dangerous. Okay. Yeah. So just to uh, you know, clear the air here. Join pass. Using any lore skill, even if that lore wouldn't normally apply. 
that's how I ate. So you know what? Bookbinding lore is going to be getting a lot of action. (laughs) (laughs) Is that your highest lore? Uh, All my lores are equal. Oh, okay. Spirit lores is is best, though. (laughs) Well, I always knew you'd grow a spine. (laughs) (laughs) That's bound to come up a few more times. Oh. (laughs) Oh, you're killing me. Uh, all right, so you see the sludge, you try to figure out what it is, and then uh, you fail, and you move on? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. And Tulok opens the final door in the hallway. And it opens to a very similar room to the first. Disrepair. Looted. Abandoned. And you're taking into account that we're searching it. Uh, yes, and I would would like to note too. You guys did see this before, um, but I'm going to remind you that these all, all these doors were bolted shut from the outside, not locked, not with a key or anything or a tumbler, but bolted shut from the outside. Okay, so these were prison cells of a sort to keep people in, right. and they're just in there watching As people get sliced watched up while their companions died. This is this is two different types of torture. You throw one in, you throw a rat in the one end of the maze, and you make all of their companions watch as they as they die. Well, mm. here's the thing is you can't see the the trap room from inside the rooms. It's one way. Oh, it's the other way. Oh, oh that's so weird. Uh, okay. uh, it some other shit explains. You see nothing, and you start to backtrack, and the sludge... Yeah has managed to start to seep into the hallway. You did not close the door. Uh, Yeah, that's not good. I'm going to need you all to roll initiative. James, I think you might have been right. (laughs) I really, really hope I wasn't. wasn't. (laughs) You are in a very, very particularly sticky situation, my friends. Okay, so it is Kruka that sees the sludge seeping. And let's get some initiative. Uh, Lady Gilda, what'd you get? 23. And Kruka? Kruka coming in with a tepid 21. Uh, okay, and Tulak. Tulak with an even more room temperature 20. Ooh. Oh my god, uh, very close to each other. Okay, uh, let's begin... Ye old combat, starting with Lady Gilda, who hmm. has probably only really just seen Krukka start at the sight of the sludge moving. Yeah, she's going to delay. Okay, delay. Krukka. Krukka is going to recall knowledge. Okay, give it the old heave-ho again. That's going to be a, an occultism, <laughs> please. Gross. How is that the old heave-ho, by the way? <laughs> the old heave-ho of the mind, you know. <laughs> yeah, come on now. Uh, you know how hard Krucker works his mind. That was a six. Uh, yeah, not gonna do it. I'm not even gonna go down the trail of telling you it's a critical failure and giving you... You know what? It's just mud. It's just leaking. Yeah, it's no big deal. leaking mud. <laughs> no big deal. Two luck. What, what, what? That was only one yeah. action. Uh, oh, yeah. sorry. Jesus <laughs> Christ. Come on, man. It wasn't that bad. <laughs> you, you fail so bad, you just spend your whole time going, 
hmm, I wonder what it is. <laughs> uh, yes, second action, he's going to fly into a rage because he doesn't, he's, this nondescript ooze is confusing him. And third uh, act. Okay. If it is, in fact, crude oil, it's flammable. Yeah, hence, hence the rage. Uh, but I don't really <laughs> want to step right up to it yet. So uh, mm -hmm. he's just going to attempt another recall knowledge. Bearing in mind that the DC goes up the more you guys do this. Okay, bad, because that was a 14. Okay, mm. nope, still no idea. <laughs> That's a turn. That's a turn. Okay, now too long. Well, fuck, I can't even see it around the corner. That's why I delayed. <laughs> she just sees Kruga, like, look puzzled, get real angry about how puzzled he is, and then look puzzled <laughs> further. <laughs> I mean, Kruka can have said it's leaking out or whatever. Yeah, Kruka, Kruka yeah. did <laughs> exclaim uh, that there was seeping slime. Uh, at the very first, I don't know if that was caught. Yeah, it, it was. It still doesn't help at all <laughs> for, <laughs> to justify me jumping back in the order anyway. <laughs> Tulok steps very quickly in and out of Kruka's space back to where he was, catching a quick glimpse of this creature around the corner. Okay. And we'll roll a recall knowledge. Okay, again, this is just sludge seeping out on the floor, just so you know. Okay, yeah, I've sure. heard ooze, I've heard creature, but it's just blackness on the floor. Okay, I just want to make sure that's we all have the same visual here. Yeah. But yes, so, please, roll me an occultism. As much as Scott thinks that that just looks like mud, Tulak hmm. may know more. Let's find out, right. listeners. <laughs> 30 motherfucking one. There it is. Maybe. The DC's already gone up three times. Right. It's a black pudding. Fuck. <laughs> this is a type of ooze, yes. Most often found below ground. They scour caves for objects to dissolve with their corrosive secretions. The caustic acid is particularly dangerous to creatures that attack a pudding, as it can quickly damage and destroy your gear. Listeners, James just downed his drink. <laughs> well, I don't know what it was, but he chugged there's a, it. There's a classic phrase for a strong drink that I always love. It's called a bracer when you, uh, for when you're bracing yourself for bad news, yeah. or delivering bad news, or dealing with a bad situation. <laughs> this is a very delicious field house chocolate mousse stout. <laughs> oh, I, I couldn't bring myself to buy that one. It it's the too rich for me. Best one. I yeah. mean, it is. Yeah, I, I mean, I really like uh, like like Heck and Chonker. That's one of my favorite beers of all time. So this is right up there. <laughs> that is the most like internet culture, it's... goddamn. <laughs> yeah, it's a birthday cake flavored milkshake stout, oh, and the the, no, the image on the can is a rendering of the head brewer's fat fat cat. It's a real <laughs> love that. Yeah, I could not. Speaking drink that. of fat cats, what's going on with this blood pudding? Uh, black pudding. It's just and um, it is. Uh, uh, you didn't roll a crit success, so I will give you something. Something. Uh, what do you want? Um, something in defenses, something in its attacks, or in its passives. We'll, we'll categorize it three ways here. Pass. Wait. 
What was the first uh, one? Defenses, uh, offenses, and passives. Passives would be like weaknesses? Passives would be things like, I'll give you a quick passive option, is that uh, it can, there's, I might have a few here, but um, it can climb ceilings and, uh, and other inverted services um, without Defenses. Any, yeah. Such. Okay. Yeah. Defenses. Passives are stuff that don't require an action. Yeah. Okay. But sometimes they're really important, like uh, the, uh, an aura would be a passive. Um, or any of the Golan's immunities. Right. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, that being said, like the uh, immunities can be listed under passives as well as defenses. Um, so it has uh, no resistances or weaknesses of any kind. It is immune to acid, critical hits, mental, piercing, precision, slashing, um, uh, unconscious, visual, and mental. Oh my God, it's immune to slashing. Oh, <laughs> Yeah, it's news. You just cut it and it grows back. <laughs> Do you ever cut water? I didn't think so. Uh, it's immune to slashing and piercing. Yep. Oh my god, that's brutal. Yep. I forgot how that can kind of play into each other. <laughs> okay, so two lock. Yeah, one action left, two lock. <laughs> All right, two lock will pass that information on to his companions. Mm-hmm. And will honestly, he's gonna step to the west and back into the room uh, at the far end of the hallway here, because okay. as they stand, it's around the corner from Kraka, and he can't really see it to cast a spell. So he's hoping maybe if they fall back, he can look down the hallway and start yep. firing some sort of shit. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I'll jump uh, in. That the brings it. Now. Okay, you're okay. Oh, yeah. Good call. Yeah. Um, she is going to stride and try and jump over this ooze around the corner. Oh boy. Okay, you're doing a tumble through. No, I want to do a jump. Oh, okay. It's, it's oh. just on the floor, right? Yep. Yeah, yep, so there's call. no reason she would ever want to tumble through. I want to try and leap over it, which is okay. a single action. So this will be two moves. Just and flat on the ground, so yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So this is this is two strides and a leap to get her thirty five feet away from it. Okay. Uh, and that's her full turn. Uh okay, so she gets to the other side of this creature. And it is, of course, the black pudding's turn. Uh, you leap past, and uh, as you do, Lady Gilda, the form of it starts to, to starts to lurch upward, um, as you might expect. Um, this is this is the artwork they give for it. <laughs> uh, yeah. It is just a black, oily-looking sludge substance, and just like lurches up into the air, and then this pseudopod launches out at Krukka uh, with a twenty-nine to hit. With a 10 foot reach. That hits. That hits, and you are going to take 24 damage. Whoa. Okay. Uh, some of it's bludgeoning, some of it's acid, in case it matters. Uh, that acid damage is nine damage, which will also which will also affect your clothing and armor. You're not are you wearing armor? You are, okay. So it's going to affect your studded leather armor. You're going to take nine damage to your armor. And then it is going to use its next action to grab you, keeping that pseudopod launched out at you at 10 feet. 
wrapping itself around you, and then it constricts you. I need a basic fortitude save, please. <sighs> Natural one. Oh, boy. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, no. Okay. This could give you yeah. spicy. Uh, no, hero point is what he says. Okay. <laughs> I wasn't going nice. to say anything. <laughs> 22. Okay, 22 is a normal fail instead of a critical. Uh, so you take uh, 16 more damage as it squeezes you tight. And we will figure out what uh, it does to your armor um, next time, I guess, because that's what we're going to call it. Stemming the Tide is an actual play podcast of the Adventure Path Abomination Vaults and is produced by the Uncharted North Network. Stemming the Tide uses trademarks and or copyrights owned by Paizo Inc. used under Paizo's community use policy. We are expressly prohibited from charging you to use or access this content. Stemming the Tide is not published, endorsed, or specifically approved by Paizo. For more information about Paizo Inc. and Paizo products, visit paizo.com. Music is composed by Will Savino and artwork by Greyhood. Stemming the Tide is recorded remotely using Foundry Virtual Tabletop. If you wish to connect with us or support this project and projects to come, we can be found at UnchartedNorth.ca, Patreon.com slash UnchartedNorth, and on all major social media platforms. Links to all credits can be found in the episode description and our website. Thanks for tuning in.